So one random morning, I was sitting in my Bible time with my coffee, cozied up when no sun had risen yet, and I had this idea that I'm about to go work out, but I have so many golden nuggets that God just gifted me. And I know sometimes they're just for me, but sometimes I cannot wait to share them with you. I mean, isn't that what going and making disciples of all nations is, the Great Commission, right? So I decided I would jump on a Peloton so I can still get my workout in and still check that box for my habit building, my habit stacking, the atomic habits that build incredible momentum for my energy and for my sustenance and for my family and everything I'm connected to. So this is your behind the scenes, your backstage pass, your not live, but still really good Peloton and preach moment. Okay. So you might hear me huffing and puffing, disregard that or not join me, start working out while you listen to Peloton and preach. And then you won't be distracted by my windedness. Just think I'm on the Peloton next to you or we're running just like, you know, not coffee combo. Okay. We're actually moving. So let's do the thing together. Let's move. Let's remain fit in faith by activating and not just talking about the activation. And hang out with me on Peloton. I'm live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m. Eastern. And you can find me in my Facebook group, which is the Fit and Faith Network, just like the app. If you don't have the app, get the app. Or hang out Instagram live. Okay? It's really fun. Enjoy. Peloton and Preach. Come breathe hard with me. Let's go. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Good morning. Happy day. It is Tuesday on Peloton Preach, and that means I've missed you guys. I mean, really, it's been a couple days. I actually thought maybe I'm going to jump on on Saturday, but I ended up taking the kids for a bike ride instead. And so now it's mommy and all of you this time. And I'm super excited because the kiddos are sleeping, which means that I get to be fully attentive to everybody jumping on. Good morning. Good morning. So excited. Mm. I know you guys are going to like hear this <laughs> and all my heavy breathing and all the things. And I really encourage you to move alongside me because if you just listen to me like panting, that might be bizarre. That might be bizarre. And I hope that it evokes you to like, maybe I should at least get up and walk, right? So I, I just, I'm encouraging you to move. That's going to be the first thing that the Holy Spirit is telling you. <laughs> okay. I was talking to the Lord this morning. And uh, he was giving me some affirmations that, like, he is all up in this. He is all up in this. I mean, even the, the time frame in the summer 
where I took a bit of a hiatus from it um, with daylight savings time shifting. And then I was just like processing a lot of things. And he was, he's so present. When you want something, he is so ready to give it to you. It's, it's unbelievable. And so to be able to sit before the Lord in the morning, have just dedicated prayer and open the word, oh, it's such an honor, right? Like some people in other parts of the world can't even have a Bible in their home. So can you look at how blessed you are even in that access point to him, to the word, to his spirit? And I am going to be talking to you guys today about just the season that we're in connected to some stuff going on in the business. And this is what's important for you guys to understand why I do this, right? A couple of reasons. One, because when I'm working out solo, I'm used to working out with people. I was a personal trainer for um, quite a few years in my 20s. It was a part of my first business and it was really uh, just really fun. I love to encourage. I love to motivate. And since COVID, I've been working out solo, sometimes with my mama in my home gym. And we got a Peloton and I get a little bored to be completely honest. I get a little bored with my workouts. I get a little complacent in my workouts because I don't have that competition element of people who I'm like, oh, I can do more push-ups or I can lift more weights or aren't we always doing that, right? Like I feel there's that nature of competition. And even though it's important for the community over competition concept, it does drive me. It helps me to be a better version of myself because people are motivating. I mean, how motivating is it to watch someone on a Peloton? I'm watching Allie right now. My girl, Allie, she has the best hair. And she she motivates me. I don't even know what she's saying, but just her energy, her vibe, her joy, it makes me smile. And at the same time, I want to be a conduit of that to you. And to also broadcast, like, straight from the heart. I don't prepare these. I have no idea what I'm going to say, even in this moment, other than some of the things that God just revealed to me. But I do it because I want you guys to know that, like, one, he is that tangible. He is He's literally giving you access at every single moment to be with him, to be near him. And if that's with me, with him, I'm up for it. I'm so up for it. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I know there's been a lot of new people who said that they even just got a Peloton. And so I'm so excited for you to be joining and riding with me. Um, I guess eventually I need to be sharing like what ride I'm doing. So when we do the here and now over in the Peloton world, for those of you who are familiar with that, like I can literally ride with you. And so then there's really going to be an air of community and competition because I don't like to lose. But I'm realizing that sometimes losing through the element of business, through the element of living life, right, is one of the biz, bi, biggest opportunities for wisdom. One of the biggest opportunities to experience humility and one of the biggest opportunities to then educate Right. And so I'm in this harvest season and I'm teaching all of the people in my programs and just even friends and family. A lot of people come into fall and they're like so ready to like cozy up and kind of like get inside a little bit, nestle up and even enjoy family through the holidays that are about to come. And I'm all for that. But I also see this as like 
going back into rhythms because summer's back, um, not here and, and school's back, it allows people to get back into these rhythms, which can actually be negative when it comes to complacency connected to routines. And so I'm curious for your schedule and what you have going on in life, do you find yourself like back in old habits because you're now in like rhythm and routine of old cycles? Or do you feel like you've been called higher? Do you feel like you're really in this season of harvest? Because harvest isn't just about like, oh, I'm so excited for all the bounty from everything that I've been seeding since January, right? We set those goals. Most people do. Most people don't fulfill them or keep going with it. My example of Palestine and Breach being one of them, right? It's like an ever-evolving, always becoming, the book party is this Saturday, always becoming journey for us to be able to be better, to be sharpened, to be called higher. But what happens is harvest, people are just like, yes, I get to eat now. All the work I've done, everything is in momentum. I get to like skate into the rest of the year. But if you know anything about me, <laughs> which I hope you do by now, I don't often just like skate along. It's not something that God has had me doing often. Uh, and, I, and I don't know if it's, I don't want that to be a prideful thing. I don't want people to be like, well, I'm in a season of rest or I'm in a season of, of needing to take a step back from other responsibilities I get that. I, I totally get that. When God is speaking to you that way, like lean in, right? And, and process with him and do what he's calling you to. Don't let other people be the example. And that's the word that we're going to get into today in 1 Corinthians, um, that it's not about putting other people in that position. It's about putting him in position where he belongs and where you belong connected to him. So, it's not a time to just sit back and eat the yummy Thanksgiving meal. No, it's not Thanksgiving, but harvest is here for sure. And what I found is if you think about the process of harvesting, especially for the farmer himself, this is like, this is when the game is on. This is when it's time to say, all right, God, everything that you've been sustaining me through this year, I'm ready to reap the harvest. But reaping, if you know what that means, is not sitting and eating at the table. Reaping is going into the fields that he's been gracious enough to sustain and you've been a steward of obediently over the course of this year to be able to actually now do the extraction work. This is hauling. This is the, the heaviest element of taking what it is and bringing it to the grain house, storing it up for whatever it is that's to come in the new year. And if you think about harvest connected to recession, oh, there could be a lot of things that you do with the harvest this season that looks really different than other seasons. And I, I think I said this uh, a while back because of one of the gals in my mastermind. She's like, I'm recession proof. And I'm like, yeah, girl, you are. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, I serve a God who's recession proof. I do not have to worry about those things. And if you're here and you're listening and you're thinking, uh, that's not sound wisdom. <laughs> that's not sound advice. I remember what happened in 2008. Or you are already on the brink of fear, connected to what's like coming at you from a media position. 
God's not in the right position. You're not in the right position. What you've done is you've actually positioned God behind you, and you're actually listening to man, which is implanting fear. Mm, that's a word for someone. You're listening to leaders. You're listening to the media. You're listening to realms of influence, even thought leaders. And why I think thought leaders are separate than politicians, there's a lot of reasons. <laughs> but I would encourage you to not let their word be the end-all, be-all. Go to the word of God and seek for yourself. What does he say about your next move? What does he say about your process of harvest right now? What does he say about what you need to save, what you need to invest, what you need to give? And when it's connected to things going on in my business, because I love to be an open book with people, it's talking about grow for God. It's talking about my November planning meeting with my team that we have every year and really setting foundation for what that's going to be in 2023. And it's also based in a conversation that was literally just given to me yesterday where I immediately felt my heart sink a little bit. All right, Allie, thanks for the break. I was going uphill there for a minute climbing. Whoo, breathe with me, people. I'll breathe with you people. <laughs> so it was a conversation. I got a call from one of my mentors yesterday, somebody I love and admire. And he was sharing with me perspectives of other people. Okay. He was telling me conversations that were transpiring when I wasn't in the room. And they weren't about me. They were just about things as a whole that were going on specifically around the Grow Your Business for God's Sake conference. And it kind of kind of like poked a hole in my hot air balloon <laughs> in the moment because I was having a great day. A lot of stuff for 2023 is coming to fruition already. And I'm just, I'm so excited about that seeding ground, right? So I'm in harvest right now for everything that's transpired this year. But I'm also preparing the seed for what's going to be planted in January. What's going to be planted in December even when harvest is fulfilled? Do you realize the strategy connected to that? There's a lot of vision. There's a lot of preparedness that has to happen. Otherwise, things are constantly happening to you, and you're constantly like, what can I do for cash flow? What can I do for, for peace? What can I do to support my community? What can I do? And you're constantly striving. And that's where joyful entrepreneurship is possible because joy is established in consistency. Joy is established in the entwining, intertwining of the vine, right? And from that, the bearing of fruit connected to joy is that he's positioning you in the process of harvest. So I get this information. I feel a bit def deflated, defeated, either one. And... I went to my husband, and of course, our emotional response, right? This is the difference between reactions and responses. My emotional reaction was like, oh, like, I want to fix this right now. Let me call all these people. Let's have this conversation in person. And it wasn't anything about me. It wasn't anything about the conference. It was about the, the air of the conference, I suppose. And I 
I want to fix it. I'm a fixer. I am a recovering people pleaser. I, I want to be with, I want to be in symmetry with people. And it's not against my morals. It's not against my beliefs. It's not against my faith ever because I've changed that part of me. I've renewed my mind in that way and I still do it all the time because we can get distracted and deterred by people's opinions. But I do want to create community and, and that's important to me to have camaraderie and community. We're not all the same, but we all should have forward movement, right? Upward movement so that we can move forward in the kingdom. And I believe these people that we are speaking about are brothers and sisters. And so it means a lot to me when people come directly to the source, directly to the person that they want to voice concern to. And that's a business tactic. That's a wisdom tactic. That's a confront your brothers and sisters this is a biblical tactic. And when it's not done, it's often because of limiting beliefs or not wanting to hurt somebody's feelings or not wanting to step on toes. But if your knowledge or your information that you're carrying could help somebody, one of my favorite things that colleagues or co-leaders in the industry do is if they see a mistake in my funnel or if I see a mistake on their media kit. I just did this recently for like a very quote unquote well-known famous person, whatever you want to call them. And I saw that there was some grammar errors on their media kit and I circled them, screenshotted screens, sent them to them. They had no idea. She was like, I don't even know what that's from. I'm like, well, you have an effective strategy. You're systemizing your systems. You've got great team because they've done everything for you. But this is what's going out. It's happened to me. We're in the middle of doing Facebook ads right now. And there's like a broken part of the funnel that is going to lead to no generation. It's going to lead to a lot of money spent, not well spent, spent, gone. And to me, that's like gambling. I don't want to gamble. That is not my intent in my business. Nothing that I do should be associated to, well, this is a good idea. I'll try that one. Everything we should do should be based in God's idea, in the premise of what he's leading you to do, in the premise of what he's going to steward you. Because when I go into a room, if I go speak at a conference, if I'm starting a new program, if I'm sending out new emails, he better precede me. And if he's not preceding you, we're going back to the positioning conversation. And you have something else in front of you. Maybe it's even yourself. Maybe it's your own ego. Maybe it's your own pride. Maybe it's your own ideas. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with the element that it's you. At least you're following you. That's good. But you will cycle out of control because you're not in control. It's not about you. And so have this conversation feeling this way. My immediate reaction is I want to fix it, <laughs> right? I'm a fixer. I want to fix it. And I call my mom. <laughs> I was about to see my hubby. Otherwise, he would have been my first call. He was with my kiddo, so I didn't want to distract him away from them. And she gives me sound advice. She's always a listening board and comes back with multiple, multiple responses. What a great mentorship methodology, by the way. Don't give the one thing. And also as a coach or a mentor, don't tell them this is what you should do. Instead, it's this is what I would do. And that's fine. You can share that. But sometimes that can deter people as well because they want to 
be like you or they think because you've had some realm of success or something that they want, they think that's the end all be all. And I constantly share with my community, don't do it because I said to do it. Do your research. Do it because God has told you. Do it because it feels right to you. And that's why coaching is such an honor, but it's also uh, an area that can actually be a stick in the mud for people. And I've been there. I've, I've hired many coaches who are like, do it exactly like this. If you miss step 4.2a, it's, it's out the window. You're not going to do it. It's not going to work. Don't be that person. And don't learn from that person. Ask your questions in the forefront of people so you come in fully prepared for what it is you're about to receive. Fully prepared. We have to be fully prepared to reap our harvest. If a, if a farmer is fully prepared to reap a harvest of corn and they go into their field and it's pumpkins, they're going to have the wrong machinery. <laughs> they're going to have the wrong watering process. They're going to have the wrong extraction process. They're going to have the wrong sales tactics. You've got to know and be prepared for what you're seeding for it to come to fruition. Don't seed other people's seed. You come out with something you ain't prepared for and something that isn't even good for you. It's not your sustenance. And that's why I say if you're the one planting, if you're the one in front, if you're the go-getter, and it's not God, you got to release control. So my reaction, I want to control it. I go to my mentors, I chat with my mom. I reached out to another mentor who we have a conversation today for kind of finale, but God already spoke to me through my husband in this morning. So I feel really secure in even me sharing this. And I like to share real-time scenarios because if I'm not... One, you're not really with me, right? <laughs> We're not really in this together. If I was going to go get coffee with you, I'm not going to talk about like what used to be. I'm not going to talk about what is coming. I'm going to talk about what's going on, right? What's going on? How are you feeling today? Tell me about what's happening in life. I want to sit with people. I want to be in the real zone of what's happening. That's what Peloton and Preach is about because it's off the cuff and it's in my quiet time. It's, it's, it's really what God is telling me. I can't wait to get in the Word. I'm about to get into the Word. I've been dropping it here and there. So if there's a mic drop, if there's something that's meeting you, I'd love for you to share it in the chat. And also, if you're hanging out and you want to be a part of the birthday party this weekend on Saturday morning, maybe I'll jump on for Peloton and preach for the first part of the party or the finale. We'll see because I have a cute outfit I want to wear. <laughs> um, but I, I'm going to be giving away some tickets to Grow for God. I'm going to give away some books. I'm going to be giving away um, some, some discounts, some huge promotional opportunities to come to retreats and travel around the world with me next year. So it's going to be super fun. So if you want access to that, it's a Zoom link. So just drop birthday below and I'll uh, add it into your chat. But I get this response from my husband. And it's a classic. It's something we always go back to in our home, and I'm so grateful to have a, a spouse that is in tandem with me when it comes to our faith. Uh, and I know that that's not everybody's story, and so I am very passionate about communication and building your relationship with the Lord uh, together, but then also the huge elements of intimacy individually that then inspire the other. Uh, and so he he said, based on my immediate reaction, he said, that's not what Jesus would do. And I was like, oh, 
Like he didn't even hesitate. It wasn't even a, baby, I'm going to tell you something. I hope you're able to receive it. No. <laughs> he was just like, that's not what Jesus would do. Kind of in that face of like, that's shocked me that that was your idea or that that was an idea that you're now simmering with and, and potentially going to do. And I was like, man, thanks for that. Thanks for that. Are your reactions or your responses that are even simmered with and you've asked a couple of other mentors, have you asked the right mentors? And have those people given you sound, sage, biblical advice or are they giving you fleshly advice because they want to protect you? Because I think mentorship, leadership, coaching, these realms that we fall in, thought leaders, they want to protect you. They mean well. They really do. I, I really believe people have good hearts. They're good humans. But again, it's like David and the king. When David went to go fight Goliath and he gave him, the king gave him his armor, it, it didn't feel right. It didn't fit right. It, he had already established how he was going to reap that harvest in the fields. God had already been talking to him. God had already been preparing him. And so he had to go into the fight in the way that he knew how to go into the fight, which looked really different than everybody else. And so if you're not attuned to what God is saying, if you don't have the right mentors who are literally just pointing you back to him, well, my husband could have said a thousand things. But no, he said, that's not what Jesus would do. And so what was my immediate response to that in my brain? Oh, first off, yeah, ouch. Secondly, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? God, I need to get those bracelets made again. <laughs> right? I loved those bracelets. WWJD. What would Jesus do? And so it changed the trajectory of what was about to unfold for a harvest that I believe is still coming. And if I had changed the process, if I had changed my heart set or my mindset toward the thing that I already know with certainty is going to be amazing, because God's already whispered to me the, find, the, the foundation. He's already whispered to me the outcome. And it's just my job to be obedient. It's just my job to trust. You know, we talk about being and doing a lot. Being and doing. We are not human doers. We are human beings. You've heard this, hopefully. But doing, connected to your being, is a calling, it's an activation, and it is obedience, okay? So in Peter's being in the boat physically, in his being as a trusting son and follower of the Messiah, follower at this point, he didn't really recognize his identity fully yet as, as, a, as, a, as a son in his sonship, but his doing connected to his being helped him to walk on water. And then his doing ended up being, being, his doing ended up being because he got inside of his head, not accurate, not in position, not focused, not centered. And the thing that he was set out to do, the thing that he was promised to do, he was unable to do. Because he got in his own head, because he got in his own way, because he, he took the eye off of his presence. And so where have you lost sight of the Lord? 
Where have you changed your fixation? Where have you and who have you put in his position, even if that you is you? Are you the fixer? Are you the controller? Are you the healer of your family? Are you the solution giver to your business? Are you the end-all, be-all? Are you the micromanager? Are you the final say? I'm speaking to myself. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me, right? These are team leadership development skills. These are questions you need to be asking every single day of yourself. And if you think just because you're in rhythm, just because you're in routine, that things are going to work out. I believe God is always in the job of making new ways because he's trying to sharpen us. And sharpening is not an easy process. When someone asks you what would Jesus do and it conflicts with something you were going to do, there's an opportunity to get closer to him. There's an opportunity to hear from him. There's an opportunity to sit with him. And that's where I get to pick up the word. Whew, 26 minutes in. More of him, less of me. More of him, less of me. Okay, you ready? So I sat with God this morning, and I was thinking about harvest. I was thinking about finances. Uh, throwing a conference is not for the faint of heart, and not for someone who doesn't have an overflow <laughs> yet. I have amazing, uh, an amazing team that I steward well. I have a lot of, of monthly overhead to maintain what it is that I do from a coaching business perspective. And a lot of people in the coaching realm don't have that um, to the same extent. Some people do. Some people have teams or they have contractors and things like that. Uh, but it's expensive to maintain what it is that we do. And so I I have had this like prideful issue of asking for help, asking for money to create this event in the way that it needs to be created, in the way that God has given me vision for, and simultaneous to that, recognizing that if all of those things went away, <laughs> if people had to pay for their own food, if people had to pay for their own flights, if people had to pay for their own stuff, their own way, and there wasn't all the glitz and the glam, I'd still have the same harvest. And I say I, he'd still have the same harvest because it's his mission. I just said yes, right? And this is where you've got to figure out where is he in position and where are you in position? Because if it was my idea, I would have nothing to lean on. I would have no trusting foundation. He is in the business of way making. He makes the way. He controls the outcome. He seeds in people's hearts who are supposed to be there. Yeah, I can market, I can present, I can talk, I can share, I can text people, come, invite them. I can do all of that. But when Jesus is going to be in the room, no different than the wedding, no different than the dinners, no different than the, the final supper, no different than being crucified on the cross, on the mountain, People will come because they want to taste and see. They want to be so that they can do and execute the word and execute the truth. And I believe that in the heart of people. 
And so I have to stop worrying. I have to cut, stop controlling. I have to stop fixing. But I have to stay focused on the harvest and the process in which God is telling me to say yes and to continue to steward the walking on water experience for my life. Where is God telling you to get out of the boat? Where is he telling you to walk on water, to trust him outside of what everyone else is saying, outside of what you've seen done, outside of what they said about the last thing or the other thing or the next thing? What is he saying? So I sat before him and I asked him that, God, what are you saying? And he said this first thing, which is in 1 Corinthians 1, 4, actually 7. And he's just talking about Thanksgiving which, of course, with harvest being kind of what is on my heart and what I've been teaching about is too good. It's too good. He's that good. He is not a God of coincidence. We talked about that last week. He's a God of intentionality, and you want to speak into what you're seeing so that it's like speaking in parables. He's speaking in parables to me based on the season and what my eyes are are in front of so that he can be the, the main source of my wisdom of your wisdom. And he says, therefore, and this was just affirmation, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. What does that mean? Connected to your harvest. What does that mean? Connected to your big leap of faith, connected to getting out of the boat. What does that mean for you in what people are chattering in your side ear or what they said when you were young or what they did when you were young? Where, where is that for you? It's an affirmation that you lack no spiritual gift. You lack no spiritual gift. And spiritual gifts does not include money. <laughs> Thanks, God. That's not a spiritual gift. And in my mind, I'm, my focus was on the lack of finances to bring to life the harvest that he already promised. I said this before. It's getting out of the boat and being like, how long are we going to be gone? What should I bring? Should I bring a snack? Am I going to get hungry? Um, should I invite a friend? Maybe we should. And Jesus is like, Peter, get out of the boat. He's like, Tamara, follow the plan. Follow me. Say yes to me. Stop worrying about all of those other things. I'll make a way. I'm a way maker. Not you or you or not anybody you're connected to. They're not the way either. And so I flipped through, and this is what I want you to know and land with and sit with for the rest of the day until we get back together on Thursday. Gosh, it's so good. He's so good. I'm going to skip to the bottom and work my way backwards, Um, and you can go and read 1 Corinthians 3 on your own, but because of everything else, I kind of like built this little house, and I want you guys to understand that there's a roof and a door and the windows so you can see it. Talking about positioning, it says, So then, in verse 21, so then no more boasting about human leaders. No more boasting about human leaders. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. This is that sharpening process that I said. If you think you've made it, if you think it's harvest season and you can kick back and relax, you're going to be made a fool of. And I, and I don't say that because anybody's going to point your fingers or anything. God's got it. <laughs> he makes a way. 
He makes a way to convict you. He makes a way to show you. He makes a way to show himself to you so that you have that burning desire to seek him closer, to learn more, to become more wise, to become more like him. Always becoming. Gosh, I love my book title. (laughs) Straight from the Lord. You know the original book title was supposed to be Fit in Faith? Not surprising maybe, but... For three years, I thought the book title was going to be Fit in Faith. And that's my podcast name and all the other things. You can hang out with me in social on Fit in Faith and come to the website. And the, the conference, Grow Your Business for God's Sake, is powered by Fit in Faith Media, our company. That's the LLC. God was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I need people to know that it's not a, a destination, it's a journey, right? You've heard that about finding your purpose and discovering your purpose it's a destination. I mean, it's not a destination. It's a journey. Always becoming. There's no finale. There's no me staying on stage on at Grow Your Business for God's saying and be like, I did it. I made it. No. There's not me celebrating this, bir- this book's first year birthday and being like, my job is done. I'm a published author. You know how many people do that? And because they're a published author, they just go on with their merry life. Yeah, I have a book. No. God gave this message to the world, and it's not to be sat on. It's to be served. And if I don't continue to serve it, am I actually walking on water consistently? Or are people, or we, or me, I'll talk to myself, just getting out of the boat saying, yes, I did it, and then getting right back in the boat. Because I'm like, oh, thanks, God. And I'm, I'm constantly relying on myself or another person or I'm putting all my weight into something that I think is going to sustain me, such as a boat, such as a system within your business, such as a thing you've always done, such as that routine, such as that rhythm of the season. Do you see how all of this is coming together? Thank you, Jesus. Do not trust in anything besides him. So I'm working my way backwards, and it says... For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Man, that was the exact word I needed. Because what I did was I got in my head, because of the words that other people were saying, that I should have just laid my own foundation. I should have just started my own conference. I should have just called it Fin Faith. I should have just... Do you realize what that is doing to my own ego? In my deflation, I am trying to boost myself to say, I should have just. And God is saying, no, 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 sweet daughter. I laid that foundation. has nothing to do with anyone else. doesn't matter the past speakers doesn't matter the past attendees, doesn't matter the past cities, doesn't matter who shows up this time. I laid that foundation, and I will bring it to fruition. I will bring the harvest, not you. You are just doing out of obedience because of your being, because you're a daughter and you said yes. So don't let the world tell you based in your doing or action or grind as an entrepreneur that you're doing too much or that you're doing it wrong. We're called to be peculiar. It's going to look different. You're also going to have to ask for help. 
And that's been one of the biggest things that I've had to do in the last not even full week. So I've had to ask for help. I've had to ask for funds. And my heart is that I have that overflow. My heart is that I could give. I, my heart is that the conference would be 100% free. And everyone would be able to come and be there. That's my heart. And that will happen because God knows my heart. One day. But that day is not here. And if that were the case right now, guess where I would continue probably to put my emphasis? Probably on me. I made a way. And God's like, no, no, no. I made a way. The great I am is the way maker. And so I don't know how this is speaking to you. I don't know what foundation you think you're laying. I don't know what business you think you're starting. I don't know what trust you think you're giving or putting in to people, coaches, mentors that are positioning him out of that first seat, out of the driver's seat. You ain't driving your car. I hope you're sitting passenger, but you're not the driver. And when it is your time to drive, because he says, get out of the boat and test the waters, do what I've taught you to do. And what he's saying is, do what I've taught you to do based in your being, because I am the son of man. You are the son of me. You are his son too. Trust in me. Stay fixed on me. And I will make a way. I create the foundation. I sustain it. I reap the harvest. Because what happens is in that harvest reaping, we are glorifying him. And if we are not, that I promise, maybe not immediately, but will turn into fool's gold. And I'm not just talking about harvest for money. I'm talking about the, the fruit that you bear will become rotten. And what looks really beautiful at the, at the onset, it's going to end up not being good for long term. And I don't know about you, but I don't want... I don't want to do something that's not going to be eternal. I've been thinking a lot about the concept that everybody speaks to, like the dash, and the dash of our life, right? So I, I had my own tombstone moment. I actually talk about it in the Always Becoming book. I refer to it on almost all my podcasts because I had this revelation that entrepreneur isn't going to be on my tombstone. I love business through and through. It's so fun. I love to help people grow their business. I love to create joyful entrepreneurs and get them back into their being rather than just the doing out of business, out of, out of flesh. I want to bring them back into alignment with the Spirit of God so that they can go and do the Lord's work. But that's not going to be on my tombstone. I hope that I love people well, that I'm a child of God comes first and foremost, and that that is fully known. And fully realized. I want it to be fully realized. I want to always become to the point that when I take my last breath, God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come spend eternity with me. But what I realized about that dash, because of my salvation, because of your salvation, it actually shouldn't be a dash. Yeah, I mean, if we look through the eyes of flesh, but first off, I likely am not going to have a tombstone because I don't want to be buried. 
And I, I don't want to be revealed as flesh, and therefore my tombstone won't say my life's work in that regard. It's going to say as a wife, as a mom, as a loving daughter, as a friend, as a, as a world changer, right? I want to be a discipler of Jesus. I want to be discipled by him, and I want to help disciple others to know him. And that is the Great Commission. That is my calling. That's the only foundation and the only harvest that I want to be connected to. And I don't want it to be muddied. I don't want it to be rotten. And so if I position myself out of alignment anywhere, I'm not glorifying God in the process. And when I glorify Him, if I start my day in Him, if I speak to you through Him, if my presence is after his presence in every scenario, because I'm seeking after him, I'm not seeking after the world, I'm not seeking after a strategy, I'm not seeking after a human thought leader or a coach. It says no more boasting about human leaders with an exclamation point, and there are not many exclamation points in the Bible. It says, I plant the seed. Apollos watered it. You can go back into context here. But God has been making it grow. You are the doer. You are the obeyer of his foundation, of his plan. He sustains you. You don't sustain or control the wind or the waves or the water or the sun. And that is what brings people in. That is what draws people in. This is the greatest sales conversation, sales training ever given. Right here, right now. I'm claiming it. <laughs> He's claiming it. Better yet, you're claiming it. The sale, the, the doing, the I developed this has nothing to do with me. And everything to do, in this example exactly, with the alpha, the beginning, and the omega. The beginning and the end is all because of him. Through him, by him, for him. And if we try to be the ones in the front, you already know what happens. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let me read that one more time. I plant the seed. Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters it is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. 
I pray that this blessed you today. I pray that it convicted you. I pray that it brought you closer into the desire to know his word and know his sustenance and know and reflect on what would Jesus do. And whatever scenario is unfolding in your life, personal, professional, head, heart, home, handbag, health, perhaps, we are on the Peloton after all. Get up. Move with me. Be a doer of the word. Stay consistent. Stay obedient. Stay surrendered. And know that he is making a way. Because he's the way maker for your harvest that your heart desires. And he planted that desire there. So don't make it feel selfish. Don't make it about you. Make those desires glorify him and see what he does with it. See what that gift that he says that you'll be rewarded with actually looks like. I bet you, I'm sure of it, it'll be plentiful. More than you can ask, hope, or imagine. Because that's what his word says, and his word is true. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for riding today. 45 minutes on the nose. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fate team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.